You know, God wants you to be confident. Now, not confident like the world would tell you to feel sure of everything and and ready to take on any challenge, but confident in especially one thing about your life, maybe the most important thing. God wants you to be confident about your relationship with Him. He wants you to know that you are right with Him and that you can expect to spend eternity with Him. Now, it's not a false confidence, sort of a sense of everything's fine, even when it's really not, of just assuming things are the way they should be, even if you haven't really checked to see if they are, but a confidence that is found in knowing that, that you're pursuing God and that the relationship really is in the right place. Now, I don't pretend to read the mind of God. I only know that God wants you to have that confidence because I've read the book of 1 John. And that's what John wanted his readers to know. And I believe it's what he wants us to know as we study that book today. And so in this series that I'm calling That You May Know, we're thinking about how we really can know that, as John says, we abide in God and God abides in us. And the way John reassures us of all of that is is through a series of tests. And we've been thinking about the first of those tests over the uh, the last two weeks. And those tests are designed to do two things. Sometimes they're designed to challenge us, to think, okay, what is it that I need to change in my relationship with God? What are some areas of weakness? What are some things that I need to do because I'm not where I should be with God? And sometimes those tests, when we take them, we look at them and go, well, you know what, that, that is part of my walk with God. That is part of who I am. And so I can feel confident about that relationship. And ultimately, that's what God wants. He wants you to be confident that you are where you should be with Him. And so over the past two weeks, we've looked at that first test and it was all about, okay, are you following the commands that God has given you? That's part of what John lays out, obeying God's commands. And so we've thought about, am I pursuing those? Am I striving, not am I perfect, but am I striving to obey what God has asked me to do? That was the first week. And the second week was sort of the second part of that same test. What happens when I mess up? And we talked about that God really does want us to obey him because he knows what's best for us. He has designed his commands about what is the very best thing for us as human beings. And sometimes we mess that up and he offers us forgiveness. So those were the first two sides of that first test. Now today we move on to the second of the tests that I see at work in 1 John. But we need to back up a little bit and think about a simple truth, a truth that we all know. Some people are not easy to love, right? Don't start making a list, okay? (laughs) But some people are not always easy to love, right? And we have lots of triggers for that, lots of things that make other people a little difficult to love, right? Like, think about if someone is unkind, unappreciative, really hurts someone in our family, it makes it hard to love that person, especially If someone is unkind to our children, man, it makes it difficult for us to love them if they're going to treat our kids this way. But that can be true for our spouses, our siblings, our parents. If you're not kind to my family, it is hard for me to love you in response to that, right? That happens. When people do violent things in our our world and, and we wonder why and it was unprovoked and it makes those people really difficult to love because there's no explanation for what they're doing. 
Sometimes even, and maybe this is even people you know, they make themselves difficult to love because of the things they stand for. Maybe they are in a different political corner from you or a religious corner from you and they're standing for things that you believe are wrong and it makes it difficult to love them. All those things can be at work and far more of people that, that we just find hard to love. Now, the, the opposite of that is true too, right? There are people in our lives who are really easy to love. Some of you call them grandchildren, right? It's just natural to fall in love with them. You can't imagine not loving them because they're so dear to you. And that can be true for lots of people in our lives as well. It's sort of the way that we're made, the way that we're wired. What do we do with that? And what does that have to do with our relationship with God? Well, John actually talks a lot about that topic throughout the book of 1 John. And again, this is why it's so important for you to read through this letter, because he talks about things more than once. And this morning, we're going to skip around to a couple different passages in 1 John, but I'm not going to exhaust it all. John talks so much about love, there's no way to cover all of that in one message, but be sure to keep reading through that. Now, we're going to begin this morning to think about how John talks about love and how we should love other people in 1 John chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 16 where he introduces a concept that really runs all the way through this letter. Okay, So this is what he says, 1 John 4 verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Okay, We get that. God loves us. And then this, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Now, this language that, Paul, that John uses at the end of that verse, God abides in us and us in him, is the language of this is how we know, okay? This is how we know. Now, right in the middle of that verse, he has this simple statement that is so powerful. God is love. Now, most of us know that. We know, we've heard that passage before. We know, and it's not the only place that John says that. God is love. And it is very simple, but it says so much. First of all, it says some things about who God is, right? At God's core is love. Now, we could say other things about God. It's not that God is only love, right? God is also str strong and God is powerful. God is righteous. God is pure. All those things speak something about God. But John wants us to know here that God is love. At his core, our understanding of who God is, love has to be right in the center of that. But it also says something about love. If we want to understand what love is, then we look to God. And we're going to get to that in a minute. John's going to tell us how we can understand that. But he introduces the test here. Okay? So if you want to know, if you abide in God and God abides in you, if you want to know that you're in a right relationship with God, then one of the questions you need to ask yourself is, do I love other people? Am I a loving person? Okay? It's a key question that John is putting to each one of us that helps us know, am I where I should be with God, right? Now, he explains that a little bit more as we back up a few verses to 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. 
John says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. In other words, it was right here. We could see it. We could feel it. We could touch it. It was present. The love of God was made manifest among us. How? That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So John says, you know, it's no surprise that we love God, right? Think about it. God created us. God gave us life. He sustains that life. Every day he gives us the gift of life. He's given us what we need. He sent his son for us. How could we not respond to that kind of God with love? That's no surprise. Here's the big thing. God chose to love us. And we are not always easy to love. We talked about last week how we choose, okay, I know what God has commanded me to do. I know what he wants from me. You know what? I'm going to do something else because I think it's more fun. I like it better. That's idolatry. That's choosing something over God. And yet, even in the face of us choosing things other than God, over and over, he has chosen to love us. So it's no surprise we love God, but that, that God would love us so much that he chose to deal with our sin problem. When we chose things other than God over and over, that was sin. And God chose in his love to deal with that. In this passage, the translation we're reading, it says that he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, that's not a word we throw around a lot in everyday conversation, is it? It's not one that we use probably hardly ever. And in fact, it doesn't show up a lot in the New Testament. John is the only person, only New Testament author to use that, and it only shows up a couple times. Maybe the better translation, the New International Version that we often use, says atoning sacrifice. That's a little closer to something that we can understand. The point is, there was a price to be paid for my sin. I didn't pay it. Jesus did. Jesus went instead of me. Jesus allowed the power of evil to unleash itself on him as he hung on the cross. What I deserved, he took, and Jesus defeated it. Now that's an example of love. That's what John's telling us. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and showed us what love is all about in Jesus. Now, let's back up to chapter 3, where John takes all this and he, he gives us some application for it. Okay, He tells us, okay, God loved you this much, here's what you do with it. John 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. Okay, that's what we've been talking about, right? He was our atoning sacrifice. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now, a couple things there. He says, our example of love is Jesus. Our example of love is Jesus serving as our atoning sacrifice. 
And because Jesus has done that, we understand love in a way that we would not have understood it otherwise. And so our responsibility, our response to what Jesus has done is to give our lives, John says there. He says we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Now, when he says that, he's speaking to us as the church. He's not saying you love everyone out in the world. Now, there are places that we're called to do that, so it's not that we just dismiss that because of this verse. We are called to love all of God's people. But in this verse, he says to lay down our lives for the brothers. Who's that? Look around the room. Other Christians. In this instance, John is talking about not love for every person, but love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, the body. And he says you might even be called to lay down your life like Jesus did. In other words, it might even be to die for someone who shares the same faith that you have. But then he goes to the next verse and shows us other ways that this might work, other ways that we might give because of love. Verse 17, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother, again, we're talking about other Christians, in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Okay, here's our test again. Okay, you want to know if you abide in God and God abides in you? Well, think about a time that you've seen a brother or sister, someone that is of the same faith, okay, you've seen them in need, you had the ability to meet that need, and you said, you know, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm going to help. I don't, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like giving something up for a brother or sister. There's the test. And maybe some of us are thinking, you know, I've probably done that because I just didn't want to give something up for a fellow Christian. And maybe some of you have said, you know what? That's who I am. I love to be able to help people who are in need. Verse 18, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. In other words, love is not just all about our words. Now, our words matter, right? We can hurt people with our words. But John is saying love is not just saying that you love people. I, I, I love people. I love the church. I love the people that I go to church with. It's actually putting that into practice and doing something with it. Otherwise, it's incomplete. Now, I want us to jump back to chapter 4 for just a couple more verses. Verse 7. John says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Okay, so he's giving us the test again. We're going to come to verse 8 in just a second. But he states it in a positive way first. So if you love other people, especially in chapter 3, other Christians, but you love people, then you know that God is at work in you. You know you where you should be. That love is a sign that God is present. Now, one note. Okay, John says things like this, and you might say, so love is the one sign that we have that I'm in the right relationship with God. Well, that's why it's important to read the whole book, because he gives us other tests, right? Obedience was one of them. So it's not just, okay, I'm a loving person, so everything's good. 
Well, you got to look at all these things that John says all the way through 1 John to get the full picture. So again, make sure you're reading through. If you missed a message or two, pick up on them so you get everything that John says about these tests. That was the positive side. If you love people, that's a sign God is at work in you. Verse 8 says the negative. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So we can talk a lot about love, but if we don't actually show it, then we're not where we need to be with God. We're not in the right relationship, and something needs to change. So what's John telling us? To me, we could boil it down to something that we have talked about many, many times as a church. It's our mission statement. Love God love others. And in fact, this is where it comes from. I mean, we were working on this a few years ago. There's passages like this that we've looked at this morning that guided us through that. Love God, love others. We are called as Christians to love God, right? Again, John says, that's not the shocking thing. It's that God loved us. But if we want to express love for God, sometimes that happens in this room and we lift up the name of God and we worship and God has called us to do that. But sometimes it means taking that love that we have for God and expressing it for other Christians. Love God, love others. Now, to put that to work, I'm going to go through three truths really quickly that I think can help us. If we speak these to ourselves and we understand that they're at work, can help us to love God and love others. The first one is this, and I don't want an amen after this one, okay? I'm not easy to love. I know I'm not, okay? But we all need to say this to ourselves, right? There are times when I am not easy to love. And there are probably some times when you're not easy to love as well. You know, we talked at the beginning about there are some people in our lives who are not easy to love. Guess what? I'm on some people's list. And so are you. It's just the way life works. We've had struggles with people. We've, we've been through difficult times. And there are times when I have not been easy to love. And it's good for us at times to remind ourselves, yeah, these people around me are really hard to love, but sometimes I'm not easy to love either. And some people are going to struggle to, even some brothers and sisters in Christ are going to struggle to love me. The second part. Some people have chosen to love me anyway. Even though I wasn't easy to love, they've chosen to love me anyway. And what a witness that is to me and to other people when we love people who are not always easy to love. And how much do we learn when we know we're struggling in a relationship and the person that we're struggling with responds to us in love? That's what John's talking about. It's not always easy. And it's more than just talk. It's living it out. And that leads us to the third truth that I think helps us in this. When we offer undeserved love, we're showing our love for God. 
When we choose to love people who are not easy to love, we are fulfilling everything that John has taught us about loving God and loving others. When we choose that, we are showing God's love for the people around us. Remember, it's easy for us to love God, but the amazing thing is God's chosen to love us even when it was undeserved. And sometimes we are called to be like God and love people that we find it hard to love. But you know, here's the thing. When Christians do this, it becomes an amazing witness to the people around us. Yeah, they've struggled, but, but they've chosen to hang in there. They've chosen to love each other anyway. What an amazing thing that is when we can, like God, choose to love people that are sometimes pretty unlovable. And when the world sees that and sees that somehow Christians respond differently than everyone else does, they can be drawn to the one who has shown us what love really is, to Jesus, who is our atoning sacrifice. Let's pray together. God, thank you for showing us what love really is. Thank you for showing us that in Jesus. And God, help us to be like him. Because we want to serve you, and, and we know you've called us to this. So God, guide us in that and give us the strength to do it. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the love that God has offered to you. And the way we do that is in faith and repentance and confessing Jesus as Lord and being baptized into him. And if, if you're ready to do that, we want to walk with you down those steps. Let us know. Come forward as we stand and sing our invitation.